Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mount Hope Church, The Hope. Welcome to our live stream and our Facebook page. Listen, uh, I'm so glad to have you here today, and I hope that today's message will encourage you and lift you up. The title of today's message is Rubber Bands, Aluminum Foil Balls, and Teepee. Catchy title, huh? Someone recently wrote that our young people, our children and teens and young adults, that they're in unfamiliar territory right now because they've never had to go through anything like this pandemic. Now, some of you, you, you went through 9-11, the, the terrorist attack. You, you've gone through maybe a couple of wars or a financial collapse or what have you. That changes your perspective on life and it changes who you are. And you know, our, our kids, are, are they're going to get through this. Someday they're going to look back, and, and like we do now, looking back on some of the things we've seen, and they're going to say, hey, remember the pandemic of 2020? Things like this, wars, uh, financial collapse, terrorist attacks, they, they change you. And this leads to the main thrust of my message. When, when our lives are disrupted by cataclysmic events, the way we live can and often does change dramatically. And what I hope that you leave with today is that, sure, you can focus on the negative, all the bad things that are happening right now in the world. But you see, I, I think that God would have us live differently. I, I believe what he would have us do is to remember his faithfulness. All right? Look at the glass, if you will, as half full rather than being half empty. Be uh, more positive because you have a lot to look forward to. Your name, if you love Jesus, is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You're going to spend forever with him, and I'm going to get into that more in just a minute. But I want you to see today that this life that we're living, that we have been living, it, it's changed it's going to be different than what we remember. How many are old enough to remember the rubber band balls? I used to love those. I, I could play with it. I could, you know, it was almost like the first Super Bowl. In fact, I think that's probably where they ended up coming up with the idea for a Super Bowl. And what about the uh, aluminum foil ball? Uh, I'll share a little more about that in just a minute, but. Where, where did these ideas come from? Why did people uh, save these things? And I found out that it really goes back to the idea of the Great Depression and World War II and the Korean War when, when people, uh, they were forced to be frugal. So basically what that meant was is you didn't throw anything out. You could always find a, another use for something. Maybe it had a life as one thing over here, but over here it's going to have a different life. Tough times forced people to use things a second time and, and even a third or a fourth. After all, one never knew when you might need that aluminum foil ball to help build a tank or something like that. Back to the aluminum foil. Did you know that the world record for an aluminum foil ball is 1,615 pounds? 
That is one big aluminum foil ball. How many remember the plastic on the furniture? I never understood that. My great aunt Stella, Aunt Gert and Stella, and I love these ladies. They they uh, helped raise us as as kids. They put plastic on all their furniture, and I get it. You know, it, it was very resilient to young people like us. Uh, we could get dirty, come in the house, and we wouldn't get their furniture dirty. But they put it on everything. And honestly, it wasn't very comfortable. Now, when I tried to figure out why they did this, it made a whole lot more sense when I figured out what the Great Depression meant to them. It taught them that if you could be frugal with something and make it last longer, well, that meant you didn't have to buy another one. And therefore, you'd have money to do th other things. Well, it must have worked because my mom did the same thing. She put plastic on her furniture. And I just remember as a kid sitting in the chair and, and you'd be sitting back in it and all of a sudden you'd be sinking down and sinking down until eventually you'd be landing on the floor because you didn't have any feet on the ground, nothing to hold you up there. And that plastic was slippery. Or one of my other memories was once the older folks uh, sat there for a little bit, it, it would generate heat which would make them a little bit sweaty underneath and as they moved it would make noises familiar noises uh, similar to maybe somebody letting gas farting and of course we kids we would just belly roll belly laugh because it was so funny and, and the, the usually the adult they'd be going oh, wasn't me I, I didn't do anything it's the plastic. Yeah, sure, Uncle Harry. Sure it is. What has this pandemic done to change us? What has it done to you, to your family, to change you? I imagine that none of us will ever look at teepee the same again. You know, when this is over, we'll probably go out and buy several cases to put them in a a shed or something. Hey, son, go get us another case of teepee out of the shed. Or <clears throat> my grandson, he, he, he'll come in and he'll go, Hey, Pops, what's up with that 55-gallon drum out in the garage? Ah, no worries. Uh, that's that's just uh, hand sanitizer. You, you never know when you might, might need some. <laughs> As I said, when our lives are disrupted by cataclysmic events, the way we live can and often does change. In fact, because we're, we humans are resilient, that struggle often makes us better. It, it, it makes us stronger, to be truthful. We don't know what this world's going to look like when this thing's all over. None of us do. But life as we know it is going to be different. It's going to change. And what we used to think of as normal, it, it will be no more. I'd like to say I know what church is going to look like once we're able to come back together again. But honestly, I don't know. And we're having to spend a lot of time right now discussing what that's going to look like for us. But one thing that's important to realize God doesn't change. 
He's still the same. All right? He's still seated on the throne. He's still ruler of the universe. Now, we know that death is still around us. It's always going to be around us. It always was, always will be. And according to the writer of Ecclesiastes 3.2, who said, there is a time to be born and a time to die. Death is just a part of life. But God has made a way to even overcome that. The good news is that God, through his son Jesus Christ, has ensured that though we experience death on this side of heaven, on the other side, we'll never experience it again. Newsflash. This life is short. You know, 60, 70, 80 years for most. But the next life, <laughs> it's forever. It's forever. That's God's good news. He has made a way for us to live forever with him. If you can get excited about that, can you say forever? I wanted to read, and we've looked at these recently, but I wanted to read from Psalm 139, the last two verses again, and these were something you worked on not long ago. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. You know that the beginning of the church, they weren't called Christian, they were called people of the way. Why? Because they knew how to get to the everlasting. They knew the way to the everlasting. You can know that too. Just by saying, Jesus, forgive me of my many sins and make me a new person and help me to live for you all the days that I have left here on this earth. In Romans 6.23, another passage that talks about this, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Listen, there's only one way to heaven, and that's through Jesus. All right? If you want eternal life, if you want to spend forever with God, you must go through Jesus. And the Master, Jesus, said this in John 5.24, very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. If you believe that Jesus came and took your place on that cross, paying the penalty for your sins, sins you should have paid for, then you have crossed from death to life. No matter what this life throws at you, whether it's good or whether it's bad, the next life is going to be even more glorious. And it will last, hear this, forever. It will last forever. We've only to get through this life, as short as it is. Can I get a good amen out there? Now last week I, I gave you some homework, if you remember, and I asked you to memorize Philippians uh, 4, 6, and 7. And, and I told you to use whatever uh, Bible translation you were most comfortable with. I ended up studying it out through the NLT. And again, 
you know, this verse or th these two verses, they really will help you get through this life. They really will help build your faith. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, tell God what you need. All right? Tell him what you need and then thank him for what he's already done for you. This is so important. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we know or understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. You know, that's his promise to us. That's his promise to you, to your family. Now this week I wanted to look at what it means to thank the Lord. This is very important. You see, again, it goes back to that glass half full, half empty. You can either look at this pandemic as, as something that's going to disrupt your life and you can whine and cry about it all day long, how you're stuck in your house. Or you can look at this as a beautiful opportunity for you to get to know your family better. For some of you men that I've talked to on the phone, you've said, you know, this is a great opportunity for you to spend time with your kids where you often haven't been able to before. And even some of you moms who work, you know, you're able to do the same. And you children are getting to know your parents and, and each other really well because you can't go out and, and hang out with others. This pandemic can be a good thing if you'll allow it to. But I believe it starts with, it begins with us being thankful, you being thankful for what God has already done. Perhaps the biggest reason that the Lord challenges us to do this is so that we will establish markers, or I like to call them points, points in our life where we can look back and say, hey, you remember when God did that for me? Oh, man, what an awesome God. He saved me from an accident or, or whatever it might have been. He walked with me as I went through divorce or as I lost, went through the loss of a child or a, or a parent or whatever that might be. When I remember all the times that I've seen God move in my life and on my family's behalf. Honestly, I'm stunned. He has been so faithful. He has been so wonderful to us. And it shows me that my God loved me even before I loved him. That's scriptural. And when we set up these markers in our life to remember these events where we saw God move on our behalf, when we do that, it's similar to that aluminum foil ball or that rubber band ball. It reminds us of frugal times with the aluminum foil ball, but with God, it reminds us of his faithfulness. God will never leave us. He'll never forget us. He'll always be with us. And by marking what the Lord has done in our past and thanking him for his faithfulness, we then remember how God was with us then, which means he's still with us now. Can you see that connection? By remembering what he's done before, whatever you're going through in the now, you can hang on to that past faith, remembering uh, how God was faithful then, 
and you can translate that to the now. If God was like that then, all right, he's going to still be like that now because God doesn't change, does he? And not only is this a reminder for us, for you and me, but it's also a reminder for our children, our grandchildren, so that they can see what God's done in our life and they can rejoice with us and give thanks that God saved us. Let me, let me just use an example. You know, I remember uh, many, many years ago when uh, the Lord saved me from a tragic car accident. I should have died, but I lived. Now, if I had died, my four boys wouldn't be here today. And as a result, my nine grandchildren wouldn't be here today. You see that connection? And so our kids, our grandkids should be rejoicing that God moved on our behalf, that he protected us as he did. He was faithful to us. You know, in the Old Testament, Moses told the people that they were supposed to remember all the things that the Lord did. And I wanted to draw from uh, Deuteronomy uh, chapter 6, verse 4 through 12. Again, this is the TNIV. I wanted to read this and, and just pause just for a moment. Listen to this list of things that, that they were to do in order to remember the Lord. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. When the Lord your, your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you a land with large, flourishing cities that you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, wells you did not dig, vineyards and olive groves you did not plant, then when you eat and are satisfied, Verse 12, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. This whole passage is, is set up so that the people will remember what God did. He brought them out of Egypt. He brought them out of 400 years of slavery so that they could live free. And then he gave them this, what he called the promised land, that they didn't work for. God just delivered it into their hands. Others prepared the ground for them. And what he said was, listen, I've done all this for you. Here's the one thing I want you to do. Remember me. Remember what I did for you. Tell your children so that they'll never forget how much I loved you and how much I loved them. God wanted his people to remember how he blessed them. And let me ask you this. You live in the United States. I'm guessing most of you who are listening right now. Are you blessed? Are we not the most blessed people on this planet? We have everything we need. Running water. Toilets. 
most of us toilet paper. We have refrigerators and freezers and food in those. We have uh, a roof over our heads. We have vehicles that get us to and fro. We don't have to walk. We drive everywhere. If it's hot, we turn the air on. If it's cold, we turn the heat on. We are a blessed people. And I believe God has blessed us. God has given us all of these things. You and I need to remember and thank him. Give him the thanks. Give him the praise that he so justly deserves. In that last verse, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who delivered you from slavery. God told the Israelites to remember what he did and to write those things down. Why write them down? I don't know if you're like this, but the older I get, the quicker I forget things. We want to remember what the Lord did. If we write them down, it's going to be less, we'll be less apt to forget. And here's something, by the way, if you haven't done this, buy a journal. If you write down, like, let's say you have a big need, all right, and, and you need a job or uh, something like that, or you need to know whether you're supposed to go to college or, or whatever it is. You write down in your journal the date and then what you prayed or what you asked the Lord for. And then leave some room so that you can write in there later when he answers that prayer. You can write down how he answered it and then date it. So that you'll have a record of how the God has how your God has been faithful to you. It's it's a beautiful thing if you'll do this. And again, if God did it in the past, I can't stress this enough. If God did it in the past, he'll do it again. You know, uh, Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you agree with that, will you say amen? The Lord doesn't change. He doesn't change. Now, church, we need to do a much better job of giving thanks to the Lord for what he's done for us. We're usually always there saying, Lord, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need more, 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 more. Let us pause and go back and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for first, for rescuing me, from saving me from eternal death and giving me eternal life through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Thank you for my beautiful family, my four boys who, who love you and are serving you and they're all married, and, and they're having children. Thank you for my grandchildren. I mean, your list could go on and on. And, and thank you for the food that we have, and obviously I'm not hurting. There. <laughs> we need to also show our children and our grandchildren what the Lord has done for us, and I think this is a place where many of us have been laxed. We need to show our kids how God has been faithful in our lives and, and what he means to us. Imagine a, a child going through something like this pandemic without knowing that God loves them and without knowing that he's there to walk them through this. Why is this so important? Judges 2.10 and 11 says this, After that, whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, and in other words, after they died, 
another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the Baals, false gods. Think about that. A whole generation grew up not knowing the Lord. And verse 11 describes that that led to these kids, these children, these young people worshiping other gods, false gods. And that leads me to my point here. If we don't tell them, if we don't show them the way, they're going to worship something. And it'll be... a a God, but it'll be little g. They'll find something to worship if we don't show them the way. Put another way, when we neglect to thank the Lord for what he has done for us in our life, what he's already done, how he's delivered us from sin and death, how he's walked with us, whether it's through hardship or prosperity, we need to show our kids God's there all the time. If we don't do this, then we are setting our children up for failure. That's how I read Judges 2, 10, and 11. Our children need to know that they aren't alone. That the same God who called us into eternal life is calling them to be a part of his eternal kingdom. That's good news, and they need to hear it. I'd like to share one example from the Old Testament before I close. And this kind of shows what, what it means to memorialize uh, the Lord's faithfulness as he challenged uh, the Israelites to do. Now the Israelites had miraculously crossed over the Jordan River into the Promised Land. And you'll find this in Joshua 3. And you can go back there and read that later. But right now in Joshua 4, I just wanted to point out that after all the people had crossed safely, the Lord told them to make a memorial or to set up a marker, if you will, that would ensure future generations would always remember what he did for them. How he delivered them out of, out of the land of Egypt. How he delivered, or led them into the, the promised land. Joshua 4, I'm going to read verses 1 through 3. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe. Tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from what, right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. Now you have to understand that the river had been stopped. God stopped the flow so that all these people, a million plus people, could get across that river. Miraculous. They wouldn't be able to see the stones if the water hadn't been kept back, but because God kept it back, similar to the Red Sea when he parted the Red Sea, and they were able to go through before the chariots caught up with them, and then God released the water again. Similar to that, these people walked through this rip, dry river now as God held it back. And then when they were done, God released it and it began to flow again. But before God released it, these men, one from each tribe, went out and picked up a big stone and carried it off 
to the side of the promised land as a memorial, as a marker to show future generations, look, this is what God did. We were able to pick these stones out of the water, one for each tribe, to show future generations God's faithfulness. Now, why did the Lord do this? Verses 6 and 7 actually tells us, so let me just read it. To serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. How cool would it be if you and I, if we were to make a memorial of God's faithfulness? You know, I'm just going to use the pandemic as an example. You know, you, you could actually take a, a roll of toilet paper or a, a bottle of hand sanitizer or both and put it in a little plastic case and underneath say, Pandemic 2020, God was faithful. And then when your children or your grandchildren come along years down the road and they see that, they'll say, hey, Papa, what's that for? It'll be a conversation starter for you to be able to say, you know what, you won't believe this, but we were stuck in our houses for a month, two months, whatever it is, and God was with us. He kept our sanity. He, he blessed us with everything we needed to eat. He walked with us through that very difficult time. Let me tell you about my Jesus. <laughs> what a great way to be able to tell our kids and our grandkids, our great-grandkids, how faithful God really was. You know, going back to last week's homework, Philippians 4, 6, don't worry. Instead, what? Pray about everything. Tell the Lord what you need. Then give him thanks for all that he's already done for you. And in verse 7, it teaches, You will then have the Lord's peace that passes all understanding. His peace which will guard your hearts and your minds as you continue to live in Christ Jesus. As I begin to close, when cataclysmic events like this pandemic, when they disrupt our lives, the way we live can and often does change dramatically. But our God never changes. Your God never changes. He is still with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. So don't worry. Instead, pray. Tell the Lord what you need. Then remember all that he's done for you. And thank him. Thank him for all that he's done. By doing this, you will be able to walk in that peace in Christ Jesus, your Lord. You your children, your grandchildren will all be able to walk in that peace. That peace that will protect your heart and your mind. Would you pray with me? Would you bow your head just for a moment? Lord, help us all to remember what you have done, how you have blessed us. 
Help all of us to keep a record of these things, Lord. Your faithfulness. Keep a record, a memorial of all that you've done for us. And when we start to get down, when our, our maybe we're get, we get hit from all directions, Lord, remind us of your goodness. Remind us of what you did back then so that we can recall that and then say, hey, if he did it then, he'll do it now. And last, Lord, I, I pray for our children. Lord, if they don't know you already, I pray that you would draw them to you. Use these examples. Use our testimonies, Lord, to draw our kids, our, our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren into your heavenly embrace. Lord, guide them to that place that we call eternal life, that you call eternal life. Lord, help them to understand who you are and to put their trust in you. We love you. We thank you for all that you have done for this great nation, for my family personally, my kids, my grandkids. Lord, we are a blessed people, and we give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Listen, if you love the Lord, just keep on praising him. Keep on remembering the things he's done for you and give him thanks. He loves that from us. That's the one thing we can do that I don't think he ever gets tired of it. Thank him for all that he's done. And if if you ever find yourself down and you just need a little extra help, listen, call us. Uh, call the church, uh, 732-4245 and I'm extension one. Pastor Barb is extension two. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to be there if you have a, a difficult time that you're going through. And if you haven't already said yes to Jesus, just do it right now in your, in your living room or wherever you're at as you're listening to this. You just say, Lord, forgive me of my sins and make me a new person. And then trust that he'll do that. And then begin to serve him. Get, a, get yourself a Bible uh, or something electronic, an electronic Bible, and just begin to read that. Read the book of John in the New Testament. And just begin to see what Jesus was like and, and how much he loved you and me. And then tell somebody. You can write us. Uh, you can go to... The, uh, if you go to the menu button on, at gaylordchurch.com, you can click on that, then the uh, prayer request button, and just tell us your praise report. I gave my life to Jesus. We'd love to hear that. And so we can pray for you and, and uh, maybe even hold you accountable to some degree. All right? Let God move in your life if you have, haven't already done that. And parents, grandparents, don't forget, start making markers. Places where your kids and grandkids will go, what's that? Where you can lead them to Jesus. You can show them of God's faithfulness. I love you. That, that's all I've got for you this week. I hope you have a blessed week. Uh, I know it's, it's a little different from what we're used to, but you know what? It's in times like this that it's exciting. And you'll be stronger at the end of this. You will be. So put your trust in, in the Lord. Let him do what only he can do in your life. And with that, God bless you, and I hope to see you next week.